It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Yes, folks, it is wrestling debate time. How are once again and tonight? How are we got a great debate for you here on episode number six one seven two four 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 seventy forty four. Caller ID number one three nine nine two five pound, and you can listen to us right now. This is the Iceman Jared Jerome, the host of the Wrestling Debate Radio Show, and of course, with us tonight is one half of the team known as Team Madness, if you will, of course. Coming in right now is Mr. Madness himself, Captain Unicorn, Captain Beer, Free Beer, whatever you want to call him. He's all those things and then some. Let's bring him in right now, ladies and gentlemen, the bad guy himself, Gerard T. Smith. Gerard, how are you tonight? I am doing great. As am I. And, of course, we want to send out a special get well wish to our other colleague, the Black Widow, Michelle Lindodds, who is battling strep throat, we understand, and is still knocked out with it. And, uh, Michelle, we just want to say from Gerard and us, however, here at the debate table, we miss you tonight. You're missing a great show, but we hope you're back up and moving pretty soon, and hopefully you'll have a voice very soon to talk with us again here on the debate table. So hopefully we will talk to you very, very soon. Tonight, Gerard, we got a great debate to talk about, Howard, and I thought about this right before the show tonight. However, we're going to talk about probably the 10 greatest pay-per-view moments, Howard, maybe matches, moments, whatever you want to call them, Howard, that we became fans of and are still fans of to this very day, and we're going to weigh in with our thoughts. Each of us might have the same memories. Some of us might have different memories, Howard, but we want to hear your memories, too, of course, and let us kick it around with uh, our top 10, if you will. Of course, next week, of course, we will talk about our least favorite 10, possibly, that we came not so fans of, but eventually we kind of warmed up to them. At the time, we're not fans of. And uh, that being said, we hope that you uh, can give us uh, your thoughts as well. And uh, we would love to hear from you. So, Gerard, with that being said, let's begin with number 10. What is your number 10 moment, please? Um, hmm. There's so many out there, isn't there? Yeah, there is. I'm going to say number 10 is Seth Rollins cash in at WrestleMania. Ooh, yes. Uh, WrestleMania 31 last year. A lot of people remember where they were that night. Of course, it held in Levi Stadium, the site of Super Bowl number uh, 50 this past year, as you know. Uh, of course, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns were going at in the main event, if you will. And, of course, Seth Rollins, who had the Money in the Bank contract, he could do whatever time and whatever place he's off it, however, and he, well... 
shocked everyone that night, however, by walking down the ringside, if you will, running to the ring, if you will, cashing in his briefcase, and as a result, he uh, basically uh, inserted himself into the big uh, matchup, and as a result, he uh, surprised a lot of people by cashing in that night, however, in San Francisco, and as a result, however, he uh, left WrestleMania number 31 the new world's champion, just when it looked like it was going to be Roman Reigns' time to shine or Brock Lesnar to hold on to the championship. Uh, very good moment there. Uh, what do you uh, have to say about that one? Uh, I was very shocked, but I was very glad he did it. Uh, first time cashing in uh, at a WrestleMania and winning a title. Mm-hmm. I thought Certainly. it was pretty good up there. Uh, I just thought it was a great moment. Yep, definitely, definitely a a very good moment, nevertheless. Uh, You picked a good one there. My number 10 moment's a good one, too, and I think you'll like this one. My number 10 moment has to be uh, uh, similar to that, however, but we're going to take you back to Chicago, if you will. And the event, of course, was Money in the Bank 2011, John Cena and CM Punk. Uh, CM Punk, of course, a lot of people, as you know, at one point, however, was uh, in a little bit of a contract dispute with WWE, and of course, John Cena, not the most well-liked man in Chicago, as you know, at times, however, that night was not well-liked whatsoever. As a result, CM Punk left the Allstate Arena with the Money in the Bank briefcase, if you will, and, well, let's just say he also left a little piece of gold in his collection, too, as he took the gold away from John Cena and left the arena, heading for his apartment, if you will, and later on uh, tweeting out photos that... uh, the championship belt was safe and secure, and of all places, his refrigerator, if you will. And as a result, he became the new World Heavyweight Champion after winning uh, the big matchup at Money in the Bank in Chicago, his hometown. Your thoughts about this one? Uh, so this is a crazy moment because we didn't know what CM Punk was going to do. We didn't know if he was going to take the belt and go to uh, Ring of Honor or... Uh... Yes. DNA or something, but mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was pretty pretty cool that we seen it in his fridge. <laughs> yes, yes. Like you said, a lot of people uh, were not sure if CM Punk was ready to quit WWE and take off with the belt and do something to uh, the effect of maybe throwing away the belt in the trash or just showing up in another organization with the big WWE title. Uh, for weeks, people were guessing what they were going to do, and of course that night CM Punk uh, shocked the world, if you will, let's just say, that night by uh, taking away the World Heavyweight title away from John Cena in his hometown of Chicago and becoming the world's champion. Vince McMahon not very pleased with CM Punk did afterwards by uh, leaving the arena with the belt in his hand and speeding off to his apartment later that night, tweeting out a couple photos of the world's title belt. However, that was stuck in his fridge. Of course, uh, this was uh, during the time which CM Punk really cut loose and uh, became, let's just say, the voice of the voiceless. However, he became known by that new name, however, by uh, expressing his anger and displeasure towards management, most notably Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, along with Vince. And uh, he had a lot to say at that time. Of course, he would be back in the company uh, a short time later after this. He would be only out a couple weeks because of this whole uh, holdout, if you will. But he would stay in the company three more years before finally walking out again, and this time uh, leaving for good, if you will, let's just say. Okay, a uh, very good moment there for number 10 for both of us. Let's go to number 9. What is your number 9 moment? My number 9. Number 9 is 
Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant, WrestleMania 3. Ooh, that's a good one. Yes, 93,000 people in uh, Pontiac, Michigan up until this year. The biggest crowd to ever see at WrestleMania. Of course, a lot of people realizing that Hulk Hogan at the time he fought uh, Andre was only 32 years old. Of course, they were best friends. Of course, they grew up uh, basically competing together in the same companies, however, the AWA and the WWE, of course, throughout the 70s and 80s. And, of course, by 1987, Andre had had enough of uh, Hulk Hogan posturing and posing as the champion in uh him and Bobby Heenan, one of uh, Hogan's longtime rivals, if you will, uh, brought out Andre the Giant Howard to confront Hogan on a Piper's Pit special, which uh, set up the big match. Uh, and as a result, Andre the Giant, of course, going into that big event that night in Detroit, Michigan, if you will, was undefeated. He had not lost at a WrestleMania yet since this was the third annual WrestleMania, and he was hoping that he would, uh, well, finally get his chance to hold the biggest prize of them all in the World Heavyweight title. And he came darn close to winning it early in the match, but... This was also the match that saw Hogan did the infamous body slam hurt around the world, if you will, by picking up the big seven foot five, five hundred pound giant and dropping him to the canvas, however, with a ferocious body slam. And shortly thereafter, he got the one, two, three count, and as a result, retained the world's heavyweight title. Uh, your thoughts about this matchup and of the whole uh, moment in general, please. Uh, what can you say? Uh, Hogan turned me on to wrestling. So back then, <laughs> that's when. Was kind of turned on, turned on to wrestling. So uh, Hogan was my my guy. So uh, he was my idol back then, and uh, I I loved the match, and it was just so great to see him against this big guy. And I was a fan of Andre too. Yes, yes. And of course, uh, Andre would get his opportunity to hold the world title. It wasn't for a long time, though. A short time after this, month, about a year later, thanks to uh, some help from a certain million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, if you will. But shortly thereafter, he had the belt taken away from him by President Jack Tunney. And of course, that set up the big tournament that would set up WrestleMania 4. And of course, that was the night when Hogan helped his longtime rival and good friend, Randy Macho Man Savage, if you will, win the title, however, by beating Ted DiBiase in the main event, of course, the formation shortly thereafter, the Mega Powers, which would implode two years afterward in 1989, and those two going at WrestleMania 5. My number nine moment's a good one, actually. This is a very good one, actually. Uh, We go back to 1983, if you will. I would have to say the very first ever Starcade. I mean, this was an event that no one ever thought was coming. I mean, we had heard for years, however, WWE, not, excuse me, not WWE, certain wrestling promotions would have outdoor stadium shows like Texas Stadium, the Minneapolis Metrodome, like the AWA, the uh, WCCW, if you will. But back in 1983, however, the National Wrestling Alliance, along with Jim Crocker Promotions, uh, promoted it event called Starcade, a flare for the gold. And that was the event, of course, we saw 17,000 people packed into the Greensboro Coliseum, which is where this Monday night's Monday Night Raw is, of course. But uh, back then, it was on Thanksgiving night, 1983. Jim Crockett. Right okay, no problem, Gerard. And uh, Gerard will be back with us in just a few minutes to uh, return to our show. But let me tell you, as I was saying, however, this was an event like no other. Uh, we saw a lot of big names on that memorable night, however, on Thanksgiving night, 1983. Roddy Roddy Piper, of course, uh, Ricky Steen. Jay Youngblood, Dirty Dick Slater, Harley Race, 
Of course, uh, Cowboy Bob Orton Jr., Wahoo McDaniels, Kevin Sullivan, Abdul the Butcher. But uh, uh, certainly a lot of the credit goes to James Crockett Enterprises in Mid-Atlantic, if you will, for uh, hosting this big event. Of course, the big event uh, seated, as we said, 17,000 people in the Greensboro Coliseum. That night, of course, Greensboro over the years has hosted many, many great events, of course, uh, wrestling and non-wrestling related. But that night, on Thanksgiving night, 1983, they uh, hatched upon an idea that became uh, the fruition to what was the event of pay-per-view, if you will. And long before there was WrestleMania, long before there was Survivor Series, long before there was Royal Rumble, there was a granddaddy of them all, Starcade, and that was the event that kicked it all off. And, of course, some of the people on that card, as we mentioned, were some in matches that night, including Ric Flair and Harley Race for the NWA World's title in a steel cage match. A great match there. Gene Kineski was your special guest referee there. Roddy Piper and Greg Valentine in a dog collar match. Probably one of the most brutalist matches I've ever seen these two fight. And, of course, we had a great tag match involving Ricky Steamboat and his late partner, the late great Jay Youngblood, taking on Jack and Jerry Briscoe, the Briscoe brothers for the NWA World's Tag Team titles with Angelo King called Mosca. As your guest referee, uh, again, another great match. Uh, certainly, the NWA had a lot to live up to at, back in the 80s, however. And, and this time, however, I think they got recognized even more, however, after putting on this memorable show. And, of course, they would be in Greensboro until 1986 before they uh, decided to go out and uh, branch out in other places like Chicago, Washington, D.C., Baltimore, New Orleans, uh, Cleveland, other places. But uh, when they had that first event that night, Thanksgiving 1983, a lot of people did not know what that they were in for. And that night, of course, they saw probably one of the greatest, if not one of the greatest, live events in history, and that was Starcade 1983. All right, folks, we're going to go to mo- moment number eight here. And while we do that, let's give you the number again, 1724-444-7044, caller ID number 139925. Ladies and gentlemen, you can listen to us right now. This is Episode 6 of the Wrestling Debate Roundtable, of course. I am your host, the Iceman. Along with me tonight is Captain Unicorn, King Beer, if you will, the bad guy himself, Gerard T. Smith. Of course, uh, usually we have another member of our debate table with us here, uh, but she is under the weather tonight. And again, we'd like to send out a special get well wish to the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds, who, of course, is under the weather right now with strep throat. Uh, let's see if Gerard has returned. Gerard, are you back with us, sir? Back. All right, and we were just ready to go into moment number eight right now with your thoughts. Uh, please give us moment number eight. All right. Um. Yes, moment number eight is Edge and Christian versus the Hardy Boys versus the Dudley Boys. Ooh, from WrestleMania 17. Yes, TLC 2001. Of course, uh, these three teams, of course, over the years have had so many great battles. I mean, you go to WrestleMania 2000, you go to the Royal Rumble 2001, you go to WrestleMania 2001. I mean, SummerSlam. I mean, it's these guys always found a way to up the ante, whether it be on pay-per-view, Raw, SmackDown, what have you. Uh, please give us your thoughts about this one. Oh, I thought it was a a great, fantastic match. Uh, it was all out war, and it was that. Mm-hmm. Certainly, certainly. And as I was just finishing up my uh, thoughts about Starcade '83, I wanted to get your thoughts about Starcade '83. 
Uh, are you talking Starcade as a whole, like a whole pay per view? No, Starcade '83. Uh, just in general, the very first Starcade, actually. Uh, yeah, I thought that had a great, a lot of matches on it, and uh, a lot of stars came from there. Yes, they did, and I mentioned some of them, like Roddy Piper, Rick Steamboat, Jay, Jack and Jerry Briscoe, uh, uh, Kevin Sullivan, Harley Race, Ric Flair, among others. Okay, my number eight one is a good one here, folks. Uh, we take you back to September 1995 in the beginning of the Monday Night War, if you will, Minneapolis and Minnesota, to be exact, and the debut of Monday Nitro and TNT. Uh a very good show that night, of course. Uh, a lot of surprises on that show. Of course, Brian Pillman taking on Juice and Thunder Liger, of course, in the opener. Of course, Hulk Hogan in the main event against Big Bubba, the late great Ray Trailer, Big Bubba Rogers, or the Big Boss Man, whatever you want to call him, the Guardian Angel, doesn't really matter. But this night was memorable for one particular incident in general. Of course, it happened midway through the first hour, and that was when Lex Luger decided to jump ship, if you will, from the WWE back to WCW after being in WCW for quite a while. However, uh, a lot of people thought that Luger uh, was going to stay in the WWE. Uh, he had been the narcissist for a few years, if you will. He had had an okay gimmick and was about to sign a new contract with WWE, but somehow at the 11th hour he decided, hey, you know what, How I'm going to go back to my original company and maybe make a splash. And boy, howdy, did he make a splash all right that night on the very first episode of Monday Nitro. Of course, Hulk Hogan uh, was surprised to see him. A lot of people were shocked to even know that he was even in the building. Of course, we heard a lot of people say that... Uh, they knew he was coming back. Some people didn't know he was coming back. Uh, what is your take on this matter? Yeah, I think I was like uh, everybody else. Uh, no one knew if he was coming back or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, just it, I think I think we're all stunned. And it's so funny. And I've mentioned this story before. However, uh it, I was about to start uh, my senior year of high school that year, and I remember watching that very first episode. And the next day, however, uh, a few people who were wrestling fans that I was real good friends with in, high, in school at the time we were talking about, we're all looking at each other saying the same thing. So what the heck just happened last night? I mean, I mean, talk about a major debut. And, of course, uh, Luger, of course, would be with the WCW until the end of its run in 2001, however, if you will. But at the time when he came back, a lot of people were wondering, why is he back here? What's he going to do? What's he going to cause? What's he going to get involved with? Or who is he going to get involved with? And we would see over the first few months, at least, how, who his uh, target was, and that was mostly Hulk Hogan. And, uh, of course, those two, of course, had a couple matches uh, in the past with each other. Of course, uh, one of the bigger wins of uh, Luger's career, of course, came a few years after he made his return in 1997 when he defeated Hollywood Hulk Hogan in the Palace of Auburn Hills in Detroit on the 100th episode of Monday Nitro, which was in the summer of 1997. And uh, that was a memorable night, to say the least. Uh, so uh, very interesting history with Lex Luger and the old WCW, if you will. Okay, we're now on to moment number seven, ladies and gentlemen, as we continue our countdown here on the ten greatest moments. We feel that we each uh, took our own top ten, and uh, some of it's the same again, some of it's not quite the same, however, but uh, we want to hear from you, however, and of course you can hear our thoughts as well by logging on right now to TalkShoe.com. Of course, we are going to be here till 9 o'clock tonight, so uh, feel free to give us your top uh, ten moments, if you will. So, uh, Gerard, now we're on to lucky number seven. What is your number seven, please? Undertaker, Mankind, King of the Ring, 1998. Oh, wow. Great moment there. I mean, that was held in my hometown of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at the King of the Ring event. Of course, 
Mick Foley uh, and The Undertaker. What can you say about these two? I mean, two of the greatest uh, Hall of Famers uh, I have ever seen. Of course, The Taker, of course, we know about his history over the years, of course, formerly known as Me, Mark uh, Callis, if you will, or Texas Red in his early years. Mick Foley, of course, the personas he's had over the years, Mankind, Cactus Jack, Dude Love. I mean, he has done it all and been through it all. I mean... Talk about a hellacious battle these two had that night. Of course, Mick Foley going through the cage, going off the side of the cage. Some of the greatest, wildest moments I have ever seen in a match, hands down. I mean, this is a match that, to this day, is still talked about as one of the most brutalest matches ever in Hell in a Cell and in WWE history. Uh, your thoughts about this one, Gerard? i got to say, top five cage matches of all time. Certainly, I would agree. I would definitely agree. I mean, it's just, like I said, I was supposed to be there that night, ladies and gentlemen. I've told the story many times. I was supposed to be there and sitting close to ringside that night, however, the night that match happened in Pittsburgh. But a sudden attack of stomach flu a few days before the event uh, sidelined me, and unfortunately, I was better by the time the day the show arrived. But instead, I watched it at home with some friends of mine. And when we watched this match at my house, however, uh, through a, uh, my friend and I ordered it together, and uh, his buddy came over. The three of us all watched this pay-per-view and watched this match together, and we watched this match many times since then. We still get amazed every time when we see Mick go off the cage. We're just like thinking, that didn't just happen. That didn't really happen. But uh, it did happen, ladies and gentlemen. It was probably one of the most, like you said, one of the most brutalist, most sadistic, most craziest cage matches I have ever, ever seen in history. And uh, to this day, it is just one of those moments that you can say, Oh, my God, and plenty of other words to describe, because this one was absolutely a brutal match between two great wrestlers and Mick Foley and The Undertaker, a.k.a. Mark Calloway. I mean, these guys just really tore these tore each other apart and basically tore the uh, crowd apart, if you will, because this was just the holy you-know-what moment of the night, and there were so many unbelievable moments in this one. As far as number seven for me, I got another good one. Uh, we're going to take you back again this time to 1983. You talk about Mick Foley, however. Well, this is a great moment here. Of course, two guys who uh, had a brutal match in itself in a cage, however. And it happened in Madison Square Garden, if you will. The great uh, Don Morocco, the original rock Don Morocco, and Superfly Jimmy Snuka. Of course, Jimmy Snuka and Don Morocco having a great feud back in the mid-'80s, if you will. Of course, these two... Uh, had uh, quite the battles with each other. And, of course, the event I'm talking about is October of 1983 when Jimmy Snuka leapt off the cage, how it went 15 feet uh, straight off the cage and splashed down onto the original Rock Dom Rock and just just smushing him, if you will, and just pinning him right there in the center ring. But uh, this was an unbelievable moment. A lot of people could not believe what they were seeing that night at MSG in October of 1983. Of course, Snuka had had some prior uh issues earlier in that year, but uh, he put them aside on this night, Howard, to take on Morocco and find a way to beat Morocco, if you will. Uh, Gerard, your thoughts about this matchup as well as, oh, you already mentioned your thoughts, sorry, about the cage match with Snuka and, uh, not Snuka, uh, the Undertaker and Mick Foley. Uh, let's get your take on this one involving uh, Snuka and Morocco. Oh, this is a great match. It was good to see uh, Snuka fly off the cage. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, a moment we've talked about before and we'll probably keep talking about yes. 10 years down the line. <laughs> oh, yes. 
Yeah, I mean, it happened some, about 30 years ago, and a lot of people, uh, whether they're fans or not, how are still talking about it was one of the most craziest moments in Steel Cage history and uh, one of the greatest moments in Madison Square Garden history. There's a lot of moments that have happened over the years in Madison Square Garden. That was one of them. And uh, like you said, I mean, here it is uh, literally 30 years later, and everyone's still talking about that night when Morocco uh, made history by going off the cage 15 feet straight up power and crashing down onto Don Morocco. Of course, Morocco... Later on in the 80s, of course, would be managed by the great Mr. Fuji. Stuka, of course, uh, would uh, be involved uh, with a lot of other people, most notably Hulk Hogan and Mr. T in the very first WrestleMania a few years after this. But uh, back then, him and Morocco had a pretty intense feud with each other. They always found a way to either get under each other's skin and just battle it out one-on-one or just find a way to have people uh, help them out and battle them out, too. I mean, I know for a while... Morocco's good friends were Rocky Johnson, The Rock's father, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, of course, Mr. USA, Tony Atlas. Morocco, of course, had his manager, Captain Lou Albano, and his close friends at the time uh, were guys like, I believe, were uh, like the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov, of course, and uh, others, of course. And uh, these two always found a way just absolutely to tear each other apart. And like I said, that night at MSG, however, in October of 83, they uh, did the impossible. And that is have a phenomenal, amazing steel cage match in front of a huge 20,000-seat crowd at MSG. And everyone remembers when uh, he did that moment referring to uh, Schnooker, did the I love you symbol before jumping off and crashing down onto the rock and just beating him right there in the center ring. Just an unbelievable war it was with those two. Okay, we are now on to moment number six, ladies and gentlemen, as we continue on here on our top ten great moments in history. So, uh, again, we're going to ask our uh, man of the hour, His Highness, if you will, Gerard T. Smith, to give us moment number six. Gerard, what do you got for moment number six for us? Oh, I got a good one. All right. Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker in your house. Bad Blood, 1997. Ooh, okay, another good one. Uh, yes, this was the night Kane made his debut, as you know, the Big Red Monster. Of course, uh, this was the very first Hell in a Cell, as you know. Of course, this happened the same day as Brian Pillman passed away, of course, at the age of 35. Held in, of course, St. Louis, Missouri at the Keel Center at the time, I believe, or the St. Louis Arena uh, at the time. I think it was the Keel Center, if I remember. Uh, but yeah, these two uh, tore each other apart in the very first Hell in a Cell. Of course, Kane making his debut. Of course, we knew about the story earlier in that summer when Paul Bear, the Undertaker's manager, the late Paul Bear, I should say, told Kane, or not Kane, the Undertaker, that he had a half-brother that was still alive. Of course, the Undertaker not believing all this, of course, but uh, he would soon find out that his somewhat brother in the story, if you will, Ken Glenn Jacobs, if you will, was very much around Howard. And boy, howdy, did Kane make a big statement that night in more ways than one. Uh, your thoughts about the matchup between Kane and, or excuse me, not Kane, Sean and Taker and the debut of Kane? Uh, I thought Taker and HBK ripped each other apart. They beat the holy hell out of each other. And yes. then we got Kane to debut, and I thought that was uh, pretty. Uh, I was pretty shocked at the time. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, we saw these two. Of course, would culminate, of course, in a matchup at WrestleMania. And of course, that was the night Shawn Michaels regained the belt from the Undertaker after the Taker, of course, had up and champion pretty much since WrestleMania 13, if you will, by defeating the then champion, uh, a former friend of. Uh, Shawn Michaels, if you will, his one-time bodyguard, the bodyguard known as Sid Vicious, if you will. So, 
quite a moment there. And uh, speaking of number seven and Shawn Michaels, I'm going to go with another great Shawn Michaels moment here. For my, or six, excuse me, not number seven, number six. Here's my number six moment about Shawn. I'm going to take you back to WrestleMania 12, the Iron Man match, the 60-minute battle between Shawn and Brett. Another great moment between these two guys. Of course, they had fought uh, one time part after this, mind you. But when it came to Shawn Michaels and uh, Bret Hart, of course, these two guys, whether they were teaming up with their partners like Jim the Anvil Nightheart or Marty Jannetty or just singles guys one-on-one, how they always found a way to deliver a good match. And uh, the Iron Man match in 1996, I think, was one of those moments, however, that you said, wow, what did we just see out there? We saw a great 60-minute battle between two future Hall of Famers and two great wrestlers, and we did. I mean, they were fantastic wrestlers in more ways than one. Of course, uh, Shawn Michaels, as you know, uh, unfortunately, Howard going into that event, Howard had trained hard with his trainer and uh, helper, Jose Lothario. Of course, Bret Hart, we know about his history teaming up with, or excuse me, not teaming up, but I should say working out in his uh, gym, if you will, at the Hart Family Dungeon there in Calgary, of course, but his father, Stu, giving him advice and everything. A very, very interesting battle, to say the least. And uh, these guys absolutely really went out there and just did it all and then some. Of course, uh, at the end of the 60-minute minute match, however, let's just say uh, Commissioner Grill Monsoon said, however, there would be, um, excuse me, be uh, commit would uh, force them to uh, sudden death, if you will. And, of course, this did not make uh, Brett happy whatsoever. Brett felt that he should have won, however, mind you, however. And, uh, like I said, he felt that he should have retained the belt outright and not gone into sudden death with uh, Shawn Michaels, if you will. But, unfortunately, Gorilla made the decision saying, uh, that's not going to be the case here, Brett. You're going to have to go into sudden death, whether you like it or not. Brett, of course, threw a fit about this. And a few minutes afterward, we saw these two uh, continue the match, if you will, and as a result, these two uh, would go another few minutes, and this time Shawn Michaels would uh, deliver the super kick heard around the world, if you will. And as a result, he would uh, defeat this time, however, Bret uh, Hart, however, and as a result, become the world's heavyweight champion for the first time, however. And as a result, however, he uh, became the new world's heavyweight champion. Uh, Gerard, your thoughts about this 60-minute battle between Bret and Shawn? You know, I always had mixed feelings. <clears throat> about this match because Brett of course was my countryman yes uh, and Shawn Michaels I was starting to he was starting to grow on me back then because mm-hmm. I guess he was so like athletic and I always loved the super kick so uh, this really tore me to see them fighting and everything and so uh mhm well, like I said, I mean, these these guys always found a way to up the ante. I mean, like I said, whether they were teaming up with their partners like Jim the Anvil Nightheart or Marty Jannetty or the British Bulldog, what have you. I mean, these guys always went out there and just literally, and I mean literally, steal the show. I mean, they would always find a way to just absolutely uh, find a way to just up the ante in more ways than one. And they always found a way to just get the crowd involved. I mean, they had some great matches, of course, Survivor Series 92, the WrestleMania matchup, of course, from here. Of course, the interesting Montreal incident, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, however, in the weeks to come. And, of course, many others. Of course, they also teamed up with their uh, respectable partners as well, so uh, that was kind of fun. But no matter what, however, these guys always found a way to either respect each other or just not like each other. But at the end of the day, when it was all said and done, however... Uh, we will. We just gonna say, however, uh, they are, they will go down as two of the best, no question about it. And like I said, they are two of our faves without question. 
Okay, we are on to moment number five, however, and the top five is now we are reaching the halfway point here on our top ten list. So now we're going into moment number five, and again, uh, before we do that, let's give you the number one more time, one seven two four 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 seventy forty four. caller ID number one three nine nine two five pound and the number one. You can join me and my man here, Gerard T. Smith, giving you uh, our top ten uh, great moments here in wrestling history over the years. Uh, a quick side note, do not forget tonight, of course, you can listen to Revolution on 138055 here in just about 30 minutes from now. Gerard and I will have the news for you. Of course, we've got some big news on a particular wrestler who now might be in more hot water than first thought, however. And, of course, it is turning out to be not a very good day for this young man, however. And it looks like his future with the WWE is very much up in the air at this point. Who is it? We'll tell you about it coming up in just about 30 minutes or so as we are working on the story right now in the news desk right now. and We will let you know about it as soon as possible. When we have it, however, we will let you know right away. Okay, Gerard, we're on to moment number five. Uh, give us your number five, Mom, please. Uh, you do your number five, and I'm going to be right back. i got to hang up, but I'll be right back. I'll phone back right in like two okay. minutes. Okay. All right, I'll be right back. No problem. And while we're doing that, Gerard has just had to step out one more time again. Unfortunately, uh, a little bit of a minor issue, if you will, however, mind you. However, uh, it's going to be very, very interesting, if you will, to tell you here what, like I said, however, and we, of course, uh, just want to send, again, our best wishes to the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds, Miss Madness herself, who is battling strut votes still. We understand, and uh, we are thinking of you, Michelle, as we said however many times here tonight, and we keep on saying it, how we are thinking of you a lot. We miss you, and we hope you get back to normal and feel better very, very soon, however, let's just say. Uh, as far as my number five moment, here's my fifth moment, ladies and gentlemen. My number five moment is another good one. And we talked about Hulk Hogan earlier, ladies and gentlemen. I'll talk about him one more time again. My number five moment would have to be the night that Hulkamania made its WWE debut by winning the world's title against the Iron Sheik, January of 1984. Uh, Hulk Hogan, of course, as you know, was picked to defeat the Iron Sheik. The Iron Sheik only a month before had defeated Bob Backlund, the former six-year world champion, of course, who had won the WWE World's title from uh, superstar Billy Graham, if you will, of course, in 1978, which earlier uh, superstar Billy Graham had, had won the title from Bruno San Martino, if you will, of course, by 1984. Of course, uh, Bob Backlund, of course, uh, was pretty much... Uh, uh, questionable on whether or not he would be staying in the WWE or not. Unfortunately, he did bring one person in to help him out, however, and defeat the Ayatollah, if you will. And the Ayatollah I'm referring to is the Iron Sheik and his handler, Classy Freddie Blassie, who at one time was Hulk Hogan's manager in his early years of 1979 through 1981, if you will. As a result, however, uh, by this time, of course, Ayatollah Fred Blassie, of course, if you will, had become partnered with the Iron Sheik, the former bodyguard of the Shah of Iran, a.k.a. Ayatollah Khomeini, if you will. As a result, of course, the day after Christmas of 1983, the Iron Sheik had got himself a late Christmas slash early New Year's present, if you will, by defeating the six-year champion Bob Backlund uh, at Madison Square Garden, and as a result became the new WWE World's Champion. Of course, uh, one month later, the Sheik, along with Blassie, would be forced into a title matchup if you will, against Hulk Hogan. Of course, Hulk Hogan had come back to the WWE once again after apparently uh, going away from the WWE a few years before. And Gerard has now returned with us again. So, Gerard, we were just talking about the Iron Sheik and Hulk Hogan, the big uh, 
match in 1984, of course, uh, Blassie, of course, had managed the Sheik for a while. Of course, he had also managed Hogan in his early years, and this was the night when Hulk Hogan and Hulkamanian became born in Madison Square Garden. Uh, your thoughts about Hulk Hogan uh, becoming the new WWE World Champion by defeating uh, uh, the Iron Sheik here in MSG? Uh, I liked it. Yes. And uh, one thing I will mention, of course, and I did mention, however, uh, like I said, however, uh, was uh, when Bob Backlund brought in the Hulkster. And let me ask you this, however. Had Bob Backlund not brought Hulk Hogan in, however, again to the WWE in 1984, however, early 1984, and the uh, match had, I mean, we already saw the match go on pretty much, and that was when the Sheik had won the title, uh, basically from Backlund. I'm going to ask you a two-parter here to this question. Number one, would we have seen a rematch between the Sheik and Backlund had Hogan not stepped in? And if so, however... Uh, do you think Hulk Hogan still would have uh, shown up to help out Backlund, however? Or do you think uh, Backlund would have faced Hogan, however, had he come in? I mean, what's your take? Uh, I don't know, but uh, I just think that I think it all worked out for the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. And, of course, uh, Backlund, of course, would be gone a few months after this, however from the WWE, however, and he would not return until 10 years later when he would get another opportunity to go after the world's title, and this time against Bret the Hitman Hart. But this time, however, fate smiled upon Mr. Backlund because it was turning out to be Bret Hart's mother, however, of all people, the late, great Helen Hart, however, tossing in the towel, however, and costing her son the WWE world's title against Bob Backlund. Of course, Bob Backlund would only hold the title for a few weeks before uh, dropping the title to Big Daddy Cool Kevin Nash and getting pinned in a record eight seconds in MSG in late November of 1994, if you will. But uh, back then, as we said, Bob Backlund, of course, was a great world's champion and champion for close to six years up until losing in the title to the Sheik. Of course, he had defended against some great guys like uh, superstar Billy Graham, uh, Jimmy Superfly Schnooka, Greg Valentine, Hulk Hogan a couple times. He had gone against him and others. So uh, a very, very unique uh, champion, to say the least, and a really, really swell guy, too. I had a chance to meet him a few years back. How I at WrestleMania in New Orleans uh, shook his hand for his hand home. I'd been a fan of his a long time. And he was one of those guys that, uh, growing up, how was sort of like a true blue uh, Olympic hero. He was sort of like the Kurt Angle of his time. I mean, granted, he had gone to a junior college in North Dakota, and then later on to the University of Minnesota, but he had done a lot in his career. He'd become probably at that time the second longest world champion in the WWE behind Bruno San Martino, and of course he uh, was considered a fan favorite for many. Of course, he had gone up against some of the greats, not just in WWE, but other federations as well, the NWA and the AWA as well. All right, uh, let's hear what you have to say about your number five there moment there, Gerard. What do you got for us? All right, hold on. Uh, I know this is way off topic, but sure. what do you think about uh, Bob Backlund being back as Darren Darren Young's life coach? Yeah, I've seen that the last few weeks. That's pretty interesting. I mean, Bob Backlund uh, coming back to the WWE once again, this time as a life coach for uh, wrestler Darren Young. Uh, I hope it works out for him. I really do. I mean, of course, uh, Darren Young, of course, at one time was a member of the Primetime Players Tag Team with uh, Titus O'Neil, who we have not seen in a while on TV. Uh, I hope it does work out. I think it will be good for him. At least I hope 
it's good to see uh, Darren Young get a little motivation under him. He hasn't been uh, himself lately, and I think uh, Bob Blackman's the perfect guy to do it. I hope it works out for him. I really do. Right on. Yes, yes. And uh, like I said earlier, uh, one guy who is uh, in uh, hot water is a guy who uh, we, like I said, we'll definitely uh, tell you what happened to him here coming up. However, let's just say he used to be a somewhat, not a popular guy, but a semi-popular guy, if you will. I mean, in, down in the NXT developmental uh, system, he was more known as a mercenary. But when he got up to the roster a few years back, however, he became sort of like a... Uh, comedy guy, if you will, for a while, and it seemed like everyone liked him, however, and everyone was fond of him, if you will, and then afterwards, however, he kind of uh, ditched all that and changed his attitude and his persona, if you will, and since then, it's just, it has not worked out for him, and of course, this guy, of course, is uh, right now in some serious hot water, not just with uh, basically the WWE in general, but himself in general, if you will, and this guy is a guy who I think will not be back anytime soon, if you will. I said well, I heard he's expended indefinitely. Well, they'll they'll be cutting him tomorrow. I bet you they cut him tomorrow. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't well, be surprised. Could be on his way out too. Yeah, him and uh, th- th- this gentleman and Ryback, as you mentioned, yes, could be on his way out of the WWE together. I can see him. I heard both he was doing still it. in jail. <laughs> I yeah, I I heard he is. I heard he's not gone out of jail yet. However, this gentleman is. Yes, I I heard that too. It's unfortunate. And this this guy just is just absolutely just not doing any I mean, this guy's career's gone nowhere in the past year or so and it continues to just go nowhere if you ask me. And it's just unfortunate it had to come to this. So like I said, I did hear this guy is still very much in hot water. He is gonna probably spend another night in jail and I would not be surprised if he has a hearing before the week's out or early next week and uh, like you said I would not be surprised if I'm WWE, however, I would give him his pink slip tomorrow or in the next few days. This guy's just absolutely in serious, serious hot water with the company. He's also just in hot water for himself, and hopefully he can get some help. Otherwise, however, he's going to be in jail for a long, long time. I guess you can say he was a lemon. Yes, you can definitely say he was a lemon, and uh, I think that's kind of a hint there that you kind of know who we're talking about, and we'll tell you more about that guy coming up here in just a few minutes here on the Revolution Show. Uh, Gerard, let's go to you now for your number five, Mo. What do you got for us? My number five is an all-Canadian matchup. Brother versus brother. Bret Hart versus Owen Hart, SummerSlam 1994. Yes, and we know the history of these two guys. Of course, we've mentioned both of these guys in the past. Owen Hart, a great wrestler in his own right. Brady, almost as good as his brother, if not better. These two, of course, really tore off the roof in Chicago in SummerSlam 94. Of course, earlier in the year, they fought at WrestleMania 10. Of course, Owen Hart had somehow pulled a fast one on his brother, Brett, by beating him. But at the end of the night, it was unfortunately Owen uh, holding the bag once again as his brother, Brett, regained the WWE World's title in the main event against Yokozuna. But, uh... These two uh, fought a phenomenal matchup in the steel cage in Chicago. I'll never forget that matchup, how I had a chance to go back and rewatch it a couple months ago. As it brought memories back. Uh, fantastic moment there, no question about it. Uh, your thoughts about this one? What did you say? I said, your thoughts about this one. Oh, what could you say? Uh, two Canadian boys going uh, at each other, brothers at that. Um, they tore it up, man. It was a spectacular match. And on my favorite pay-per-view, too. Yes. 
And uh, I would, I, would you, would you say uh, this was? Um, well, you're, you're definitely gonna say. I can tell you're gonna say this is the best. I mean, would you say this is one A and one B, or both one A referring to this match and uh, WrestleMania ten? I mean, what's your uh, consensus? Oh, you want me to compare? Yeah, them? I mean, what would, would you, one? Yeah, which one would you? I mean, they're both good. I think they're both good, but it's hard to decide which one's better. This one or WrestleMania, the WrestleMania ten affair. What would you say? Uh, I'm gonna have to say this one. Mm. Yeah, I would agree. It's 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 a tough call for me, but yeah, I would agree there too. I would have to say that SummerSlam gets a slight edge over WrestleMania uh, uh, 10. I would definitely say that it was a good, both were great matches. Don't get me wrong; they were fantastic matches. But I think the way they just just tore it up in Chicago, and like you said on. One of the bigger pay-per-views like SummerSlam, how are the fans in Chicago, how are did not leave Chicago, did not leave the arena disappointed that night. I mean, those two guys absolutely beat each other senseless and then some. And like I said, these two, I think uh, later on I read somewhere, I think Dave Meltzer voted this as one of the best uh, events of 1994 without question. I mean, this was one of the top three matches of the year and uh, for good reason. I mean, these guys absolutely went at each other tooth and nail and literally just really gave their all and then some. All right, let's go on to number four now, ladies and gentlemen, another moment here. Uh, my fourth greatest moment would have to be uh, one event you mentioned earlier, WrestleMania 3, but I'm going to pick Ricky Steamboat versus Randy Macho Man Savage. If you will. These two guys, of course, uh, have some history with each other. Of course, uh, we talk about Hogan and Andre being the big main event, but when it came to the undercard and one of the better matches of the night, however, I would have to say this was the match that stole the show for me. These two, a uh, great match. It's still talked about to this day many years later is one of the greatest IC title bouts of all time. Of course, we know about Randy Macho Man Savage's late great Miss Elizabeth, uh, his former wife, if you will, and of course Ricky Steamboat with George the Animal Steel, one of a kind in his own way. Uh, these two guys literally uh, absolutely stole the show here in Detroit Tower that night, like Hogan and Andre did, and of course everyone says Hogan and Andre was the best match on the card. Some people think Steamboat and Savage was the best match on the card. I mean, Personally speaking, I think Steamboat Savage gets a bigger edge than Hogan and Andre. I mean, I know I hate to say those words, however, but I think that's what I feel, however. I think Savage and Steamboat absolutely tore each other apart that night, and then some, and they made this match more exciting for fans to watch, uh, like Hogan and Andre. Uh, your thoughts about this one? Are you are you picking uh, just like the pay, the whole pay-per-view, or are you picking no, just, uh, just, just Savage this, and Steamboat? Savage and Steamboat is this match over. Just a little, uh, not the whole paper, just the Savage Steamboat Oh, match. okay. Uh, well, what can you say? This is a great match. Talked about, like, it's been talked about for 15 years. Everybody brings it up to a standard where everybody's saying, well, look at this match because this is the match, mm-hmm. you know, that made wrestling great. Just one of the matches that made wrestling great. Yes. You watch that match and that will t- probably turn you into an instant wrestling fan. Oh, no question, no question, and we know a lot of the wrestlers past and present said that they learned a lot over the years by watching this, uh, most notably Chris Jericho, uh, we know that uh, other people like uh, Seth Rollins, CM Punk, John Cena have weighed in on their thoughts about this matchup, and they still say how every time they watch this matchup, uh, it's just hard to uh, stop watching, because it is a great 20-minute classic, and they just absolutely show in every sense of the word that uh, what it is to be a true wrestling fan and become a big uh, 
like I said, big name, you know, and these two guys that night, of course, became big names. If they weren't big enough names already, even bigger names, because they showed what it took to go out there and perform in front of 93,000 people and just steal the spotlight, so to speak. I mean, like I said, you talk about Hogan and Andre, yeah, that was a great match. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking it too much, however, but I got to say, when it comes to better matches, however, on the card, however, that really made the fans sit up and take notice, this was the matchup that it did, because I think these two really showed what it was uh, capable of uh, becoming big names and uh, showing everyone that they meant uh, business out there. And they definitely meant business out there by going out there and performing in front of a great crowd like that and just absolutely making everyone appreciate their uh, fine work. Okay, we're kind of uh, running short on time, so we're going to rip through these quickly and give you our thoughts here on the final three. So let's give you our final three here, and then we're going to call it a night here. Of course, next week, ladies and gentlemen, we hope to have the uh, – Black Widow back with us, if you will. Michelle Lindards, if you will, of course. We will also talk about what other moments we have from Lucky Number 7. Yes, folks, Lucky Number 7 will be in the book next week, so you might want to stay tuned for that. And, of course, we will be on at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time next week, ladies and gentlemen. And, of course, we are here each and every Wednesday. The call ID number is 139925-POUND. And, of course, the number is always the same, 1724-444-7044. Okay, Gerard, let's go through the final three. Uh, one, two, three, just like that. Give us your final three, please. All right. My number three is The Rock versus Undertaker versus Kurt Angle, Vengeance 2002. Yes. And my second one is uh, Scott Hall versus Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 10. Okay, good one there, yes. And my number one (laughs) moment in... Wrestling pay-per-view history is Bash at the Beach, 1996. Ooh, there you go. Triple threat, when Hogan became a heel. Yes. Well, there you go. Three great moments there, of course. I almost went with... uh, one of your three is my final three, but you know what? However, I, I, I that's in my top 50, but you know what? I'm going to go against you in my final three. Here are my final last three. Number three for me would have to be maybe, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, this is tough. All right, I'm going to say WrestleMania 17, Austin versus The Rock. The night also went back to being a bad guy by attacking The Rock and joining Vince McMahon, if you will, in front of 68,000 at the Houston Astrodome. Great match there. Uh, moment number two would have to be the Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero moment, the two out of three falls affair that last night they fought in ECW together in the summer of 1995, I would have to say, before they went off to WCW together. Great match there in the old ECW arena now, known as the Viking Hall or the Bingo Hall, whatever you want to call it. I mean, they always had some great moments there. And that was one of those nights, however, that uh, the fans appreciated both men uh, giving their all. And number one, however... I was almost torn between your moment that you just picked, Howard, and the one you had picked in your top three, but you know what, however? I want to say my number one moment is the one you picked earlier, however, and that was that ladder match involving Scott Hall and Shawn Michaels on Mania 10. I would say that was one of my greatest moments of all time, and I think, like I said, folks, if you don't appreciate uh, gimmick matches like ladders and steel cages and first bloods and falls count anywhere, then shame on you. This was a matchup for just absolutely made things uh, really sit up and take notice. I mean, this is a match that made you really want to sit up and take notice because these two guys, Scott Hall and Shawn Michaels, went out there, best friends, whatnot, and just performed 
absolutely an amazing match to the best of their ability. And of course, again, it was in one of the most famous arenas of them all, MSG Madison Square Garden. So uh, there you have it, folks, uh, our top ten. Uh, certainly we had uh, a lot of great moments there to debate on tonight, however, and we appreciate uh, you uh, listening to our top ten. We'd like to hear now your top ten. Of course, uh, we will have this show archived on the Facebook page here in just a little while, so you can give us your top ten moments. And if you want to hear our top ten again, you can go back and listen to the show, one three nine nine. Two five the pound ID number one. Uh, do not forget, ladies and gentlemen, we will be on here in just a few minutes with our next show, Wrestling Revolution, beginning at nine o'clock. Of course, Gerard and I are just finishing up the news desk uh, wire while we're uh, doing this show here today. We will have some news for you, and who knows what else we'll be having here tonight planned for you. And that caller ID will be getting underway at nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Revolution. The caller ID is one three eight zero five five pound. Of course, do not forget, ladies and gentlemen, you can also listen to uh, the Wrestling. We visit its show every Tuesday night with Gerard, myself, along with a couple of our other panelists, Tower, and that caller ID is number 139926. Uh, earlier tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we debuted a new show on the network, and it's called Outside the Ropes. You can listen to that now. Our caller ID is 141387. Of course, that was a very good show. And also, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, we have another new show that will be uh, making its debut very soon in the WCW Radio Network. We will let you know on that, hopefully, in the next few weeks here on the debate show. But you can listen to all of our shows, however, just by logging on our sister site, TalkShoe.com. Of course, one of our big shows, of course, besides this one, as well as the Revisited Show and Revolution Show, is the world-famous, world-famous Raw Radio Show. And every Monday, you can listen to Gerard, myself, the human suplex machine, John Gross, the big diesel, Gregory Kramer, the lone element himself, Kendrick Smith, and our other guests, however, on 138744. We always talk about Raw, SmackDown, NXT, pay-per-view predictions. We do fantasy matchups. We do uh, special guests. We've had a couple of guests over the course of our shows, however, that include Gary Michael Capetta. You can go back and listen to that. You can also listen to Mr. Michael Sam Houston, who has also been one of our guests uh, during the course of time on Raw Radio, of course, and those shows are now archived, if you will, in the TalkShoe library, if you will. So, um, before we go, ladies and gentlemen, as I said, of course, we've got a great show lined up for you coming up tonight on uh, Revolution. Do not forget, ladies and gentlemen, coming up one week from this Sunday, however, it will be the Extreme Rules Revolution pre-show, if you will. You can listen to that on Revolution, 138055, and I believe that will be coming up a week from Sunday at either 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. before the Extreme Rules pay-per-view uh, you can listen to Mr. WCW, Chad Hinshaw, Gerard, myself, John Gross, uh, possibly the big Diesel, Gregory Kramer, of course, the Black Widow, Michelle Lindodds, the last kicker, Emery Reckenbach. And who knows, we might get some bets in with some of the people uh, during that show. And, of course, you can listen to that. And that will be coming up one week from this Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, May the 22nd, either at 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on TalkShoe.com, just a few hours before the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. And as we said, uh, you can listen to our show, Revolution, tonight on uh, I'll Call Our ID number 138055. Tomorrow night, of course, we will be on with Wolfpack Radio 138521. And, of course, you can also listen to uh, our Raw Radio show each and every Monday on Mondays from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. on 138744. And in case you're wondering what the address is, again, it is TalkShoe.com. The phone number is the same for all of our shows, 1-724-444-7444. And as we said earlier tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we debuted one of our new shows called Outside the Ropes. Of course, we are still working on that as we speak. The caller ID for right now, if you want to listen to that show, is 141387. Plus, you can listen to Gerard Howard host his own show, Howard, ladies and gentlemen, along with the Black Widow, Michelle Lindotts, every Saturday night on Wrestling Revisited, 13. 
8982 with Attitude Radio, excuse me. And that airs every Saturday night from 9 to 11. This week, I'm sure Michelle and Gerard will have a lot to talk about. Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and Preview Extreme Rules as well. And you can also listen to Gerard, however, on another night. However, we're not sure exactly what day and time, but you can listen to Gerard now with his famous show, Q&A with the Bad Guy. Yes, folks, Q&A with the Bad Guy. And that caller ID is 140562. Again, that's 140562. Five six two. You can listen to that now, and uh, Gerard will uh, take you with his questions and answers. You guys can all uh, ask him questions on the air, and he'll give you his opinions on the sport of wrestling, uh, strictly in his own words, however, and tell you what he feels. And as we said, not besides outside the ropes, we have another show that is being worked on right now, ladies and gentlemen, at this moment in time, and hopefully we will have some news on that coming up in the next few days, or if not, the next few weeks. But uh, we will keep you up to date on that show and let you know when that will be coming up and where you can have a chance to listen to that. So, I guess that's all the time we got for right now. Unless, Gerard, do you have any final words to say for us tonight? Gerard. Yeah. You got any final words to say? No. Okay. I'm good as well. And so on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you out for the night. However, we thank you for listening in. We will be back on in just a few minutes with Revolution. We thank you for listening to the debate again. Michelle, we're thinking of you tonight. We hope you get better soon. We'll be back again next week, same time, same place. Have a good night, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. And as always, enjoy your evening, everyone, and God bless. Talk to you soon, everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.